cosmic treadmill where we like to go back to the past and look at some DC comics from their yesteryear of publishing. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And you can hear us every week on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast, uh, usually probably tacked on somewhere towards the end. So if you've stuck around to listen this long, we salute you. Mm-hmm. This week we've got, uh, what, what title we got, Chris? Today we have a very special issue. It's a Tales of the Teen Titans Annual number 3 from 1984. This wraps up the uh, four-part Judas Contract storyline, and it's titled Finale. It was uh, released April 26, 1984. Cover price was a buck twenty-five, and this was uh, a Marv Wolfman, George Perez joint. Now, times are tough if you're a Teen Titan. If you're not Dick Grayson, anyway, you're tied up in a power-neutralizing machine, and you're at the mercy of Hive, courtesy of Deathstroke the Terminator and his plucky would-be sidekick. Now it's up to Robin and a new friend to come to their aid as we hit that senses-shattering conclusion of the Judas Contract. Oh, and your senses will be shattered before we get to the uh, to the lead up here let's hit on some of the the big players here that uh, that uh, would otherwise be introduced later <laughs> yeah. first one is uh, Terra she's a uh, really Tara Markov she's the half sister of Geoforce from uh, Batman and the Outsiders and her first appearance we're going to be discussing in a little bit was a uh, new Teen Titans number 26 in uh, December 1982 and uh, we're also going to discuss Deathstroke the Terminator, also known as Slade Wilson. Not Wade Wilson. <laughs> no, Wilson. that's right. <laughs> and he came first. <laughs> his, uh, his first appearance was New Teen Titans number two. Uh, it was also in, uh, I think it was 1980. Um, and he, uh, he was honor-bound to kill the Teen Titans due to a Hive, H-I-V-E, contract that uh, Slade's son, what was his, f- Grant? Uh, right, Grant was Wilson, the, that's right. Uh, the Ravager. And he failed to complete it. He was uh, he was killed in, in action and uh, wasn't able to uh, live up to the contract, so Slade took it over. And uh, Hive is the hierarchy for international vengeance and extermination. That sounds like a good... Uh, oh, yeah. Good that's name. not an unwieldy name at all. That's you know, <laughs> it's like and, uh, quite a reach to fit that acronym in there, fellas. You know, come it's on. Like, it's like I really want to draw like a bee-themed thing. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> we figured this out. I have all these uh, bee clothes. Like, what can I do with these? And uh, back then, uh, he he was often dis- he was often portrayed as a as an honorable guy. More he had a code basically. Yeah. You know he was he was a he was a, you know a rotten son of a bitch to an extent, but he, he had a code. This is a job. This isn't uh, personal. So we're just going to burn through some lead up comics. You know, one of the hallmarks of this run, or the, really this issue that we're discussing uh, in the Judas contract. Is that there was such a long lead-up, a real slow burn, and so it it really did catch a lot of people by surprise at the time. So we just want to take you through a little bit of that uh, somewhat quickly, but uh, we'll try to do it some service. Noon Chi Titans, number 26, titled Runaways, December 82. That was Terra's first appearance. In that one, she just attempts to destroy the Statue of Liberty. Gar Logan is immediately, like, on her tip, you know. It's it's, it's (laughs) like they set that out right away. I was, she's wearing this uniform with kind of a head. It's brown with a head dress on it or a helmet, yeah, I guess you want to call like, it. It's got like points and a ponytail. It's very yeah, strange. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of Galactus-esque. It sort of looks yes. like a one of like a Kirby character from the fourth world or something. It's really strange. <laughs> uh, she'll lose that eventually, but when you first see her, she's wearing that. 
And uh, I always felt, I was just talking about this before we recorded, but hmm. when you do see her face, I always felt she re- she was reminiscent of like a younger and more like Bucktooth Jodie Foster from Taxi Driver. Uh, I could definitely see that. It's sort of a defiant, naive, you know, a defiant youth, a defiant naivete, you know what I mean? An angry, angry fresh innocence face. Is yeah. I think what you called it. Yeah. That's what it was, an angry innocence. So, hmm. uh, you know, that's just my personal opinion, but I haven't... Perez has never said he's used her as a model for anything. No. So in that one, she acts confused. She claims to be acting against her will. Uh, New Teen Titans number 28, February 83. That was Terra in the night. <laughs> <laughs> Terra reveals that her parents are being held hostage, and Changeling brings her back to the Titans Tower because, as we said, he's really on her tip. Yes. Uh, right, you know, all the way to the issue that we're going to talk about today. So get used to that. And then some. And uh, then it is ultimately revealed that terrorist folks are dead. Mm-hmm. What's the story here? Yeah, the uh, terrorists. They uh, were holding her hostage, and then when uh, the Titans came to uh, come a call, and they said, oh, "Well, leave us alone. They're already dead." Yeah. They were dead the whole time. And uh, that brings us to uh, New Teen Titans number thirty. This is titled Nightmare. It's in April 1983. This is where Terra gets her uh, more identifiable costume. And uh, she claims that she sewed it herself. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, while she was in terrorist custody. Sure. <laughs> and she lobbies for a spot in the Nothing else to do, right? In the clink, no. you know? It's just- well, you're locked in a away. closet. You, you find a needle and thread. Why not? Uh, just tie, you know, uh, sew a couple of coats together. Um, and she lobbies for a spot on the Titans. And this is going to become a theme leading up. She, she's, uh, you know, she's kind of just angling right now. But it's going to get a lot more uh, persistent. Yeah. And uh, she, she's brought along on a New Year's Eve battle against the Brotherhood of Evil. And this is not the fun Brotherhood of Evil. No. <laughs> and uh, and she uh, holds her own basically. Uh, this issue, this issue also features Donna Troy's engagement to Terry Long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just can't face up to it. I, yeah, I, did, I didn't want to include it, but it's too important a, a thing that I that I had to at least yeah. give it a blurb. So, and then expound upon it and groan a lot. Um, the next, uh, the next uh, big hit on the way there is uh, New Teen Titans number 34. So you can see this is a slow burn. I mean, we're skipping four issues. Oh yeah. Because just it's just another it's just another day. Yeah. The, the, um, fir- the first one we talked about was December 82. Now we're in yep. August 83. Yep. And we're gonna wrap up like a, y- a year and change after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's called Endings and Beginnings from August to 83, and this is when it all hits the fan. Terror is revealed to us, the readers. That she is working with Deathstroke, Deathstroke the Terminator, and uh, I, I wish I read this when it came out. <laughs> yeah. I wish this wasn't spoiled. For, I mean, it's just it's comic book lore now. This is a uh, you know, in order to get the Titans' trust, Terra is cha- or, or Slade challenges the Titans to a fight. Terra knocks Beast Boy or Changeling out and takes Deathstroke on herself. Yeah. And uh, she winds up taking care of him handily and saving several lives of her potential teammates in the process, which gets her that trust. Suddenly she's looked at as as not just a, another hand, but as a potential member. Another false flag operation, if you ask me. <laughs> and, and it's funny because she's, like we said earlier, she's very, very persistent. And one of the great things that Wolfman put in here is She's like, well, how do I become a member? And the team looks at each other and they go, we've never had a new member. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's no <laughs> so, like, there's so no application. Is, 
yeah, there's no, there's no, yeah, there's no interview process. This is new to us too, so let's just see how it goes. It's interesting here. So, like as we said, it's going to wrap up much later on. But right now, the reader already knows that Tara is a uh, double agent. A double agent, and without spoiling too much later, folks, the Titans don't find out till much later. It's an interesting choice to do that here. You know, in a way. The other choice is obviously to still keep it secret from us, the reader, and then we all sort of find out with the Titans. We get that kind of surprise. But I feel like they, by giving us this information now, it gives us the time to, like, you know, have that movie theater experience with the Titans. Yep. Like, don't trust that bitch, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, wait, she's working with Slade, you know? And yep. meanwhile, it's like, you know, of course, Dick Grayson's like, hey, what's wrong, Tara? And we're just like, don't talk, be nice to her. She's going to get you killed. So it's, it was... Uh, you know, I, I don't know whether I don't know whether we could say either choice is better, but this definitely created I think much more of a closeness to the characters. It was uh, I would you know wouldn't be shocked to learn that it was a calculated move oh, by by Marv Wolfman. Because every interpersonal relationship between the Titans and Terra now is it, it, it teeters on heartbreaking mm-hmm. because it's just like you know you see them open their hearts to her, you see them open their homes to her, and it's just like. Ooh, this is and, gonna hurt. And as we point out, it happens over a long time too. You yes. know, it's like uh, you know, you have a while to really feel for the, this situation and how complex and crappy it's it's become all of a sudden. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, up to that point, frankly, Tara doesn't do a whole lot to ingratiate herself to the readers. No, <laughs> she's, she's a smart aleck. She's sort of an a, sort of an asshole, but uh, <laughs> you know, you don't think she's evil up until this uh this point and you always think that they're gonna win that that something something's gonna click and either they'll win her over or she'll win them over oh absolutely i you know i I, this is something we'll we'll probably get into more later but that's something Hmm. that's something i remember the first time i read it even though i kind of knew what was going to happen at the end i always waited for that moment where she was like oh you guys really do care about me and like it really never happened. She's a bitch. <laughs> She's a bitch to the very end. <laughs> but you know that's that's another life's lessons to learn, folks. Some <laughs> people you cannot change with your good deeds. Uh, so New Teen Titans number thirty-nine. This was five issues later. The f- exactly five <laughs> issues later. This is February eighty-four. The last one was August eighty-three. Uh, that Terra was this was featured in. Uh, this is Crossroads, Plot and Demise of the Titans. While having to appear, what appears to be a postcoital smoke, with uh, Deathstroke. Yeah. And uh, so this is this is them. They're about to enact this uh, Judas contract into action, and uh, it's revealed that she's been wearing these contact lens cameras the entire time that are beaming everything that she sees back to the Terminator via video mm-hmm. monitor, and uh, they learn some people's secret IDs, including. One of the most coveted ones that she's been yep. trying to get the whole time, Dick Grayson. We were talking about the uh, the the you know the heartbreaking nature of this during the scene where where uh, where Dick takes the Robin you know mask off. Yeah. You know you have Wally West is there who gives Terra his spot. Yep. You know so she has the spot of a founding Titan from you know 30 years earlier. Exactly for you know, the late 50s. Yeah. And uh, and after Robin is done taking his uh, taking his gear off. He actually he gives her a kiss on the cheek, welcoming her to the team. Yeah. So it's like, oof, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little tenderness from Robin. That's not easy to cut. Even Corey, even Corey can't get a hug, and he's that's his <laughs> girlfriend can't. for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, we're working now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's his girlfriend, and she's wearing a permanent bikini for crying out loud. 
Well, speaking of bikinis, uh, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go three issues later to Tales of the Teen Titans number forty-two, which is the first part of the Judas Contract proper. It's uh, called The Eyes of Tara Markov, and it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, it's dated May nineteen eighty-four. And uh, it opens up with Starfire in a space bikini. <laughs> Where, uh, like she's the first up in... splash page, folks. I mean, you, you open that I, cover, that's the first thing you see. I swear, I opened it up and I'm like, oh, crap, a space story? <laughs> I hate the space story. Oh, you thought it was going to be a liberation from her home <laughs> yes. planet, huh? Yeah, yeah she's, uh, she's getting away from the slavers again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's married four more times. Yeah. <laughs> But no, she's in Donna's uh, studio, and Donna's taking some photos of her. And uh, tasteful photographs. Very, very tasteful. Very tasteful. Yes. And uh, and Dick Grayson is very pleased with the outfit. But uh, <laughs> it, it, the thing of this here is, uh, you know, Tara is there. She's in Donna Troy's studio. She knows what Donna Troy does yeah. outside of Wonder Girl. And uh, and they uh, they go back to Donna's apartment, and she starts getting you know she starts getting nosy. She starts asking questions. She finds out that uh, you know Donna's part Amazon, or at least she's got powers endowed to her from the Amazons and a good deal of money. Endowed yeah, to her from she's, she's able to glean quite a bit actually. Yeah, that she's you yeah. know, Wonder Woman's her sister, or whatever, and uh, all this other stuff. So. And of of special note here, Donna asks her to be in her wedding. That's right. So Tara is going to be one of. Donna's bridesmaids, so <laughs> it's gonna hurt. Um, see here, uh, we do. This is when we start seeing the panels of her surveillance vi- surveillance vision, that that camera. Yeah. And uh, you know, we do we do see it earlier, but this is where we're seeing it, like actually in, you know, in sequential art form. It's just you know, you'll see an actual you know, you'll see an actual panel, and then you'll see the photo of it. It's actually just a good showing, effect. I, I like oh, it. Awesome. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's like. Showing you what's that this is going real time to Deathstroke, I guess. And, you know? I, and I love it because you'll have like a picture of like like Cyborg and Gar talking, and then you'll have the photo of it, and it's from a different angle. It's from Terra's angle. Yep. It's just so cool. But it's, it is. It was. It's really well done. Really a great exercise in art for George Perez. But sure. as I mentioned here, every time we see that there's a click. Yeah. So that implies she's sending photographs, which is kind of like I wonder what's clicking. That's kind of what a high-tech piece of machinery <laughs> we're talking about. But that also wouldn't that make if, she, if we can hear it, wouldn't that make a little bit of a noise? But anyway, that's uh, we'll let that go. People just think that's probably just a you know yeah. tick that's in the just background. A device. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Terra goes on a on a on a civilian Titans tour, so she's trusted now. Mm. So she's going to all their civilian homes. She's going to Dick's apartment. She's going to Cyborg's apartment. She She's been to Donna and Corey's penthouse. I mean, she's going to their homes, which is terrifying. It is. I don't <laughs> no know. Pun intended. She's getting she's getting the information she always wanted. And then uh, as she as they go back to her, as she goes back to Titan's Tower, she shares a kiss with Gar for the first time. They kiss on the docks, yeah. waiting for the barge to come over. And it's this is probably the the, the worst. <laughs> oh, it's definitely the worst of her, uh, you know, would just soon to be betrayals. It's just. I mean, think pretty... I, and I, I mean, I hate to rewind to the point I was already making, but if they hadn't revealed that Terra was working with Slade at this point, which was just it would a, have been a totally different scene, a totally yeah. different scene. Like you know, now you're just kind of like, oh, she's softening, or you know what I mean. Yep. But like when you when knowing what we know and knowing that she's still you know transmitting information back to Slade, this is a horrifying horrifying scene. You're just like, oh god. And George Perez is just he, I mean, it's no big news that he's talented. He's amazingly talented. Yeah. His facial work is freaking amazing. It is. And 
and I was I actually reviewed this this one issue on on the site on my site today, mm-hmm. and uh, the juxtaposition between two of the panels on the bottom you have Terra waving goodbye, and it's the first time she actually looks happy, like it's it's actually a happy face, not a smarmy face, not a I'm getting one over on your face. It was it's actually a joyous, carefree smile. Yeah. And then the next panel she snaps a picture. It's, it's like, oh. It's like, so yeah, she she is not letting up, folks. You know, this is yes. the, don't fool yourself into thinking that she's changing. You know, she, she's still and working I mean, for we, the enemy. <laughs> we've we've both read this this story number of times, and every time it's like maybe this time she'll 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 be okay. <laughs> I almost feel that way. You know, as as I, as I said, like Ian, even this, I read it right before. I read these four issues right before you know we did this uh, podcast, and I was th- I was really thinking to myself like. I just want to see that moment. You yeah. know what I mean? I just want to see that real moment where I can say, like, oh, wait, they got through here. Yep. E- even though I know what happens later, at least yep. I could say they had – there was some – but it, it, I'm going to tell they you now, it never time. happens. You know, nope. she never, like, cracks. She's always putting up an act for them and being very Yeah. Because no, I've, I've done, uh, done in-depth reviews of every issue leading up to this, and you almost get lost in it. And then it's like, it, well, I, I mentioned in one of the one of the pieces I did that Terra is no longer a novelty. She's just there. Yeah. You know, it's not like, ooh, this is a Terra issue. It's like, oh, it's t- the team. Terra just happens to be on it right now. Yeah. And it's you just get lost in it. And it's 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 an amazing. It, if you haven't read this, read it. <laughs> Even though we're Absolutely. about to spoil the entire thing, read the damn book. Yeah, Terra. You know, after the kiss, Terra goes back to the uh, Titans Tower where she runs into Raven. Who smells a rat? Mm-hmm. I it <laughs> tells her outright too. She's the Raven does not mince words here. She's like, I don't trust you, bitch. You know. <laughs> and, and it's funny because it's the first time you see Terra off her game because she goes, "What do you think? I'm a traitor? Do you think I'm a spy?" And it's yeah. like. We never said either of those words. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's what like, are you uh... trying to say? <laughs> and uh, she and she says, you know, you know, Slade can have the rest of the Titans, but she wants the witch for herself. I love that. I want that witch for myself. You know, like, oh, with her with her teeth hanging out over her, <laughs> over her bottom lip. Oh, it's great. Uh, speaking of great, the next day is training training day for the Titans. Yep. And. Uh, Terra just loses her loses her mind on Gar. Gar and Terra are paired up because their powers are similar. I don't know, <laughs> but they're paired up. Uh, who knows and, why? Yeah. And Gar, see, Gar takes her out. I, I think I miss. I think I must misunderestimated. Is that the word? Oh uh, yeah, I think I <laughs> I dis disestab uh, underestimated. Yes. Uh, That's the the bushism there. Um, but I uh, I you know Gar I always I never really thought of him as being too powerful and he he takes Terra out with barely a you know a bead of sweat. And even goes on to humiliate her. You know. Then he makes like, fun of her. Makes fun of her. I always he turns thought, into a beaver and starts smacking her with his tail. If if you think if you think about it though. You know, and and I, and I believe later on, or maybe there was a, there was a point in this where it's shown that he can't do too many transformations in sequence, or like it wears him he out. Gets tired. Yeah. But otherwise, we're talking about a guy that's unlimitedly powerful. You can go from yeah. an elephant to a bee yeah. in the blink of an eye. You're pretty much with. Well, there's not much you can't accomplish in this world, yeah. you know. <laughs> no, it's 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 but, pretty uh, great. Yeah, he 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 like kicks dirt in her face. He's like really <laughs> playing her, her. <laughs> making fun of her. It's hilarious. And she loses her mind. Yeah. And uh, just starts beating the crap out of him and almost kills him. And uh, it, and it's funny because her, uh, 
she's got we, we see the camera vision and it turns like almost infrared yeah it's like heat vision almost it really makes you wonder about this technology like what is it but uh yeah it was interesting but, you know, after the Titans intervene and they pull her off or they, you know, they get guard of safety, she blames it on her on her post-traumatic stress from being kidnapped. And they kind of they kind of buy it, except for Raven. That's right. Raven's like, nope. <laughs> nice I, try. I said the evil. Yes, but I, I'm not going to I'm not going to voice it yet. But I, <laughs> uh, the the issue ends uh, with a. Uh, Terra and Slade, they're 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 boarding a helicopter with uh, Wintergreen, and they're about to enact this, you know, the contract. It's going to be done, and uh, then we see that Deathstroke and Terra are being watched, and they're being watched by a uh, a woman and uh, uh, in, in what looks like a bowl of butted popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Another curly-haired gentleman to vex yes, I'm a... <laughs> to vex Chris. I'm an anti-curlite. He's damn it. like, I don't trust the curly-haired fellas <laughs> in uh, the age. The next issue, uh, Tales of the Teen Titans, number 43, which is part two of the Judas Contract. It's titled Betrayal. It's June 1984. And uh, it starts with a Deathstroke attacking Dick Grayson at his house. <laughs> I mean, like that's... right away in the first scene. It's so crazy. He crashes crazy. through and, yeah. And uh, he, he, he starts attacking the Titans in their own homes. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the note that you had here, <laughs> Slade talks like he's from the Lower East Side. He does. He really does. Like, hey, you and me, we got to get some. It's like, why? Yeah, because I added a note here saying, maybe, maybe not. Because that's he always says maybe. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe I will. It's like, <laughs> I, I understand. He was in the Army for like, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever it was. And, At uh, least. He's been an international assassin. He's he's he's, he's as we'll find like out. Game hunter. <laughs> yeah, a big game hunter. But he talks like a Brooklyn bum or something. You know, it's very weird. <laughs> he's on the Yancey Street gang. Yeah. <laughs> now Dick is able to escape barely. Um, yeah. And and this features a really good because he, he as he's running through the park, Deathstroke he aims his gun and he pulls the trigger. He, he fires one shot. And I, I, I wrote about this uh, earlier where it seems like his heart skipped a beat when he shot that bullet because he's not about killing anybody but the contract. Yeah. So it's like if if, if an innocent got hit, I don't know how the, how he would have – I don't think he would have counted that as just collateral he damage. He says that there, doesn't he? He says yeah. that I, it's too, there are too many innocents. Too I, many you know, innocents. I can't get a clear shot at him. And, and so he squeezes uh, that one bullet off and it's like oof. I mean it's, it's such a weird – rope because no one would ever call you know slade wilson is not a hero by any means no. he's not doing anything heroic but he has a certain deep code of honor that won't let him go certain places of course it doesn't stop him from killing teenagers for example though you know that's uh, or cap kidnapping teenagers <laughs> or sleeping with them or sleeping with them but uh you know <laughs> there's certain lines he won't cross so <laughs> and uh, you know dick is you know he's he's a detective he's been trained by the world's greatest detective so he uh he figures if deathstroke attacked me in my house uh-oh <laughs> and he starts going to the other homes yep and Awesome use of his detective work. Just looking at the the, the crime scene, he's able to deduce a, a very you know, litany of how it could have went down. Yeah. You know, and and it's I, I love when they do that. And and Perez renders it as sort of a oh, and it happens yeah. on one page a piece as a flashback. Yep. Uh, do you know if if it was him rounding the panels as a 
flashback. Is that a Paris thing or is that a Marvel thing? Who did that first? I wonder. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. It becomes. I mean, it becomes Teen Titans shorthand. A yeah, yeah, very early on. It's uh, whenever they're thinking back, the panel corners get rounded, but uh, used here for several people. First Donna Troy, and then I forget who who goes to next. Uh, goes to Corey and then Cyborg, and later on he's able to piece together. Uh, and then at the tower too. Yeah. They at the tower he pieces together sort of what happened to Raven, although he, that kind of gets revealed to him, and then yes. uh, they they figure out Gar Logan later. But you know he, he so he figures he looks at some evidence, and then Perez draws what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that you see what actually happened. Oh, it's awesome stuff. Um, at the tower, after he's you know trying to figure out what happened to Raven, uh, the two folks that we the bowl of popcorn and, and the uh, woman they present themselves. <laughs> they they show up. We have a a woman named Adeline and a young man named Joseph Wilson. Mm. Um, Adeline uh, she reveals Where that she heard is. I've that name before. I know, I know. We've heard it a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she reveals that she is Sl- she's Slade Wilson's ex-wife, and uh, clues Dick into Tara's betrayal. And this is awesome because he immediately goes on the defensive. Yeah. And uh, and it's more it's more that you know it's this is the difference between him and Batman. I think when you tell Batman that's that he's wrong about something, he takes it personally as though you're you're questioning my deduction skills. Yeah. Where Robin, where Dick, he just wants to believe the best in her, and he's like, no, that couldn't be right. She's one of us. She's our friend. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, it's just such a great scene. Yeah, he is. He's uh, taking it from another angle. He, he's, he's not saying no. If Tara was a double agent, I would have known. He's saying no. She's a good person, you know. And it's, uh, it is, it's a great characterization. Good job. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they, uh, you know, we're we're actually in the Titans room, and they have full size photos of themselves on the wall. <laughs> Including terror. I don't even think they got the bill for that one. I know, really. That must be like the. That's how it's official that you're a member. Is once you get your poster up on the wall, they're like, "Well, you can't take it down now." Nope, you're you're one of us now. <laughs> they just they just rolled it right on top of Wally's, and uh, we end up with Deathstroke promising Hive that the uh, the contract because the high the contract. I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, but uh, but Grant Wilson's contract was through the Hive, hmm. um, and Deathstroke calls him and says, "Hey, contract's closed." Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Yep. But first, we're gonna go to Tales of the Teen Titans number 44, the Judas Contract Part Three. There shall come a Titan. Mm-hmm. And that was July 1984. Uh, yeah, possibly, or <laughs> a new Titan and a you know a revamped Titan. Um, so Dick has a lot of trouble believing Adeline uh, initially, and her son Joseph sort of creeps him out. He's just staring at him the whole time, just sort of being. <laughs> And also, we didn't mention it. We do figure, see this in an earlier issue, but Joseph is mute. Yes. He, he can't speak, uh, and we learn that for sure here. Or maybe this is where we learn it now that I come to think of it. But uh, Adeline tells Dick Joseph's mute, but it's it's Slade's fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph sort of gives him a wink and a smile, and everything's kind of cool. But the mutton chops, mm-hmm. that's all Joseph, man. He is looking yep. very 1979, you know, <laughs> Studio 54 in this one. Absolutely. So... Uh, now we learn the romantic story of Slade and Adeline Wilson, originally last name Kane. It was the early 1960s, before Vietnam and the killing of the Kennedy brothers, so sometime before November 1963 uh, is really when it had yeah. to have been. Captain Adeline Kane brings together the best of the best to Camp Washington for some advanced training. 
And really, they're trying to weed out these people to find the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major Slade Wilson, a Korean War veteran who lied about his age to get into the Army. 16 years old, was it? age of 16, which is sort of weird. It's like, all right, you shave two years off his, you know, his current <laughs> age, but it doesn't make him any less an old fart. You know, give me a break. I mean, you know, what that means, so he's 16 in 1950, that mm-hmm. makes him, you know, uh, 56 in 1980. So by this time, theoretically, he's he's like almost 60. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's fine. So uh, guess what? He wins the contest of champions uh, of this new group set up by Captain Kane. He's the best out of all of them. He makes the right choices. Other guys get caught up in snares and take the whole thing for granted. Um, but at the end, in the water, he still gets taken out by Captain Kane, beaten by a girl of all horrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, she offers to give Slade some special gorilla training, which is let me tell you, fellas, you know what that means. You know what I mean? Gorilla training. I don't have to Man tell in you. the hole. Hey, you don't have to tell you anymore. Uh, he graduates to colonel with honors thanks to her gorilla training, uh, and he's also banging her, so that's nice. Um, you know, it all works out nicely. Some people think there's nepotism going on. I think that. Probably Slade is, you know, kicks a lot of ass, frankly, as, mm-hmm. as we, we know about him. Uh, here we enter Major Wintergreen of the Royal British Army, who just is always hanging around the U.S. Army, like all the, you know what I mean? Even in, in later on, we learned that he was, uh, you know, taking POW at the Vietnam, and they kept him with the Americans, right? Yep. But yeah. at, at this point, what, why is he here anyway? Who cares? <laughs> He's, he's, he's an ally, that's fine. So uh, Slade and Adeline are married, and she has Grant while he fights the Vietnam War. Uh, then Slade volunteers for some chemical experiments, uh, thinking he's going to turn into Captain America. They're, they're like, so they inject some. Uh, Marv, even, Marv Wolfman even says what it is. I forget what he says. I, I don't remember if it was like the tech. I, was it Agent Orange? Was it some something like no, that? No, it, it was Adreno Cordo. It, it, it seemed like it was something he must have read about Maybe. in like a uh, journal medical magazine. I, I just I don't have it right in front of me. I'm on the uh, last issue, but uh, anyway, he actually uh, they experiment on his adrenal gland, and this makes him into the guy that we pretty much know as Super Slade. You know, with the super enhanced reflexes and super calculating mind. His whole and thing was that he could use like 100% of his brain or something, right? That, I think that was probably, yeah, yeah that's, that, that sounds familiar. Uh, but they, the results are unpredictable. Some, sometimes he lapses into a coma uh, from time and again, which, you know, probably was to get out of work, frankly. I usually sometimes that's do that. That's not a bad idea. During this time that he's in and out of co- going into comas, <laughs> uh, Adeline gives birth to Joseph. Hmm. Uh the guy that we know, the mute fellow, we just saw with buttered popcorn. Yes, <laughs> and uh, you know we, uh, we 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 mentioned earlier that Wintergreen was uh, he was captured by the Viet Cong, and uh, against orders, Slade saves him, and gets discharged from the military because of it. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> now Slade, he's uh, he's got nothing to do, and he's still a man's man. You know, he's still. Uh, He's still uh, a one-man army. <laughs> he, he, cra- he craves the kill and the hunt. Like uh, I think Adeline said that he he was verging on suicidal. So he uh, to to get that out of him, he uh, he started uh, going on African safaris and became a big game hunter. And finds that he quite likes hunting. He likes the sport of it. Um, and you know, he, we, I think we see him on the cover of magazines or something. And I, was it magazines or just, was it just framed uh, photos or something? 
Uh, I don't know. Something like that. that. It was some fame. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. He's he's on the cover of Hunting Illustrated. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, you know, and he becomes super wealthy. I mean, I I guess, theoretically, selling a rare tiger pelt probably does fetch you quite a bit of money. Yeah, like a rhinoceros horn or something, yeah. I just I just love the idea that like he's a big game hunter now he's like you know at the top of society you know? <laughs> yes, it's... it's like oh everybody come see let's see the great game hunter Slade Wilson like this isn't 1915 anymore yeah, it's not that he ain't Doctor Livingston I presume right? <laughs> yeah really <laughs> say Teddy Roosevelt out there but uh, anyway. no, uh, terrorists break into his home and they kidnap Joseph now this is a uh, this is while he's out and. Uh, and Adeline finds out that uh, that her husband is Deathstroke, the Terminator. That's right. They, uh, you know, they both go to retrieve Joseph, and you know, Slade, he's he's got this code. And uh, at this point, I don't think he's matured all the way yet. So he's kind of looking, he's weighing whether his son's safety is more important than his standing. Yeah. And he kind of he kind of lets his standing win, and uh, Joseph gets his throat slashed, not not enough to kill him. But enough to rob him of his beautiful singing voice, because uh, that's right. That's that's how he got mute. Yes, because during you know during the uh, the youth of the boys, Grant and Joseph, you had Grant who was following very much in Slade's footsteps, and you had Joseph who was the you know the artsy one. He liked painting. He liked playing the piano, and uh, you know he's gonna he'll continue doing that uh, later on. He'll be he'll have an art studio. Uh, but his, but his singing career is concluded. Yes, for now. <laughs> and uh, you know Adeline's had enough and uh, plans on killing Slade and unfortunately or fortunately his uh, rapid fire reflexes only uh, make it so she shoots his eye out yeah. So she also also she was using a Daisy air rifle, <laughs> as I remember. Right? Wasn't that what the problem was? Got it on Christmas but morning. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Wasn't that how? It worked? And she was dressed like a bunny for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is how Slade became the Deathstroke that we know, the one-eyed, yeah. you know, killer. Um, the issue comes to a conclusion with Dick deciding that you know he can't just be, you know, Dick was you know Nightwing was Grayson before, <laughs> and it was then, and uh, yeah, and here he becomes he goes up to his room and he tries to figure out just what he's going to be and he looks to his mentors Batman and Superman, and remembers the story of uh, the heroes of Candor and he becomes Nightwing, yeah. complete with uh you know the big collar and everything the the you know, the the one we think about with the uh, the 80s Nightwing costume. This is the original disco yes. disco Nightwing uh, they call it the big yeah big collar flashy it, uh, weird stuff. And on instead it. of him getting a full page full page splash for this, he shares it with Joseph, who is now revealed to be Jericho in his whatever the his weird gypsy bandit outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also get the other uh, logos. We get the Nightwing logo that was that was used, uh, I think, in his Action Comics Weekly run. And uh, yeah. also Jericho's gets one too. And I think that one you see like on the cover of like Teen Titans Spotlight on. You know, Jericho he stares a lot, <laughs> but there's a there's a yeah. reason for that. Um, Dick is still not convinced. So uh, so they do a demonstration here where Jericho makes what they call contact. He looks him in the eye and he's able to take over his body. And then doesn't he punch himself out? 
That's right. He has him punch himself. His mother like forces like, him. Show him. We have no time. Make, make him, him punch, punch himself. himself. Stop hitting it's yourself. Like you would, Stop hitting yourself. You would think just the fact that your body's been taken over would, be, would enough. be enough proof. You'd be like, wait a second. I'm not controlling my hand, you know. But no, yeah. make him punch himself in the. You face. need the exclamation point. And that's what it was. That yeah. was just to show that we could have done this at any time, and we waited until you had all the information to do it. So you can trust us, and that's it. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna team up now, and let's uh, let's go rescue the Teen Titans. Yep. So here we are, finally, to the issue that we are actually talking about <laughs> that this show is supposedly centered around: uh, Tales of the Teen Titans Annual Number Three, Judas Contract Part Four Finale. July 1984, this came out, which is the same month as the last one. It was kind of nice that they were able to wrap it up in this. You know, probably you could, uh, you know catch the ending in a nice big chunk sure. if you were buying it off the stands at the time. So the Titans are captured by Hive, strapped to the Enervator. This is a uh, <laughs> machine sort of with different prongs, and each prong it, it traps the Titan in, a, in the way necessary to that Titan. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Corey's powers are being made inert, and uh, you know Raven is being kept unconscious. Um... They say about Raven that there's a power in her the Innovator finds impossible to absorb. They mean, of course, Trigon. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, this is... We we have seen Hive before, but I just want to say I love Hive because they look like a bunch of druids. Yes. You know, they, they they look like a cult. They look like they're about to have a blood sacrifice. <laughs> but they're not. They're like international terrorists. They really believe in technology. You know, most of their, most of their world plots deal with technological things, not with, like, bringing about, you know ancient prophecies or whatever, although they kind of, you know, depending on, on who handles them over the years, they sort of change their motives yeah. over time. But at this point, they look like druids, but they're acting like, uh, you know, the jackal international terrorists or something. <laughs> so Deathstroke, show, Deathstroke shows up, walking down some uh, beautiful sweeping stairs, and explains his motives to the Titans, and that Terra was a double agent. And a hallmark of the Titans throughout the whole thing and throughout this whole issue is they just will not believe nope. That Terra was evil. It's 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 endearing and at once frustrating, especially for especially since we have known so long yeah. that Terra is a double agent and and like we've been carrying this and they still won't admit it. And you want to be like idiots, you know? Like, Except for Cyborg. You know, Cyborg just goes, uh oh, everything just fell into place. Yeah, <laughs> he's I, the I, only one. Cyborg. Because he's street and, smart. And, and, and later on, Raven obviously oh, she can she can sense she's known all along. But yeah, Cyborg knows. Like, wait a second, this is uh. Something, something funny is going on. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll keep coming back to that as the issue yeah. goes on. They just will not believe that she's she's evil, and that Terra even shows up and admits <laughs> it to everyone's face. Like she's smoking a cigarette for God's sake. Like if you needed any more proof that someone was evil, she's smoking a cigarette, and Gar just like won't believe it. No, you must be mind controlled. Like what what more do you need out of life? You know what I mean? Like literally, she's on the witness stand giving herself up. <laughs> Uh, outside of the uh, hive complex, which looks like a big golden dome nestled in a snowy valley, seems sort of weirdly conspicuous, but that's okay, I guess. Sure. Uh, Nightwing and Jericho are trying to sneak in. Uh, Jericho, uh, they both, there are a couple of guards outside, they knock them out. Jericho shows what he can do by establishing his contact and taking over a guy's body like lickety split. You know, one of the, one of the worries was how long will it take to. Uh, do his power, and he's able to do make it real fast. He punches the other guy. He punches himself, uh, knocking him. Oh, oh, no, Dick comes over yeah. and punches the other guy. That's right. 
But I, even even during this time, uh, Dick still won't believe that Terra's gone rogue. He still is <laughs> like, I have. We have to see. We have to see what's going on. Like, win her over. <laughs> yeah, this must be must be some sort of a mistake here. Uh, this sort of I I put this scene before the next for narrative reasons, but this actually happens after the next scene. But essentially, uh, Dick grabs a some hive robes, and Jericho takes over the unconscious form of one of the guys. And uh, now Jericho can speak through the unconscious guy's larynx, I guess, and voice box. But when he does, he sounds like that guy. It basically sounds like Ben Grimm. Again, another guy from the Lower East Side. Uh, they must do some recruiting down on uh, Delancey Street or something. Uh, but it's nice to see a guy like that make good. Yeah. You know what I mean? A kid, a guy from New Just York. From you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, exactly. Now, now he's with an international evil terrorist organization. That's. You know, that's uh, I never thought he'd go so far. Jericho explains at this time, this doesn't really come up in this issue, but it comes up in the future Teen Titans, that you'll always know that whether he's inhabiting a body if he makes the uh, sign language J. Yeah. That means that he's actually Jericho. But anyway, so this uh, then we go to the next amazing scene. Yeah, because, uh, you know, they're trying to find out. Slade wants his money. <laughs> he wants the contract. Mm. He wants it closed. He wants the cash. And they say, well, you're not getting it because we don't have Robin. We don't have uh, you know Dick Grayson. And so he calls Slade. I mean, he calls. I'm sorry. He calls Wintergreen, his buddy, and uh, and he's still on the he's still on the hunt for Dick. And uh, Wintergreen is uh, kind of reserved when they call each other, and he says everything's good, but uh, we haven't found him yet. And uh, when they hang up, you find out that Adeline has Wintergreen at gunpoint. Boom. Yes. And uh, I, this is such a. It's so great. This whole thing is great. <laughs> yeah. He, he even says he's like. He's like, we've known each other a long time. You can put the gun down, and she does. She's yeah, like, there's a lot of respect yeah, here. She's you like, know what I mean? Okay. Uh, yeah, she's like, I, I just wanted I, to make sure you weren't going to rat me out to Slade, but now and, we're good. And as he's going to say, even Wintergreen says he can tell that Slade's gone too far now. You know, he stood by him mm-hmm. far longer than most people would have, uh, but at this point, you know, he's corrupting or he's using a 60-year-old girl, and he's you know kidnapping the Titans. Yep. It's uh, I think I think Wintergreen knows that. The jig is up. Although, as we learn yes. much later, it really isn't. Yes. But that's and Wintergreen even says that Slade himself says that this is going to be the end of him. This this contract is going to push him over the edge. Yeah. Um, we we're going to learn a little bit about Wintergreen now. Uh, like we said, Slade saved his life in a VO in a POW camp, but that was not the first time they met. Uh, they the first time they met, it was actually Slade getting rescued, and uh, by by Wintergreen, and uh, see Slade. Uh, he, he rescued Slade after he followed some bad orders because uh, I guess Wintergreen was uh, he was targeted by the upper offices, and uh, he was sent on a suicide mission. And well, that yeah, that was at first Slade was sent out by a a green uh, sergeant named Samson. I think Samson it was, was yep, that his name. Yep. And uh, you know, you know, Wintergreen went against orders and rescued him from the battlefield. Yep. Slade was was like bombed out, and then that same. Sergeant again put Wintergreen on a suicide mission in like out of revenge, out of spite. So you know, there's kind of shitty things happening in the army, but it probably is not too far from. (laughs) Who knows? And then uh, (laughs) while at the POW camp, Slade shows up, but he's dressed as a, you know, he's dressed as a different kind of Deathstroke. You can still sell the Deathstroke. (laughs) I like to note here, he looks like a Mayan circus clown. I mean, he looks ridiculous. It's like, what? What is this? You know? (laughs) It's like a. I understand a little bit of shock and awe, but it's like a little, little. Where did he, where did he get that 
like super bright tunic <laughs> from you know it's like you're in the middle of vietnamese jungle <laughs> every you're time like, my a, picture like a wrestler or something every time i picture it there's like feathers on it <laughs> i don't know if they're yeah, yeah, I mean, or not but <laughs> it's, it's like it's like something ultimate warrior would have worn in the 90s yeah, you know like, what is this <laughs> and uh and, and ever since slade and winter green have been best friends now uh, Jericho and Nightwing, they uh, they step into the hive uh, meeting and they see the Titans restrained on that uh, what was that machine there? <laughs> the the Neverator, the Enervator, the Energizer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is an important component for a thing they're trying to under undertake called Operation Waterworks. <laughs> which I think I landed on at Mon Monopoly one time. <laughs> oh, yeah? I hope you had a hotel <laughs> yes, on it. Quite a bit. I had two hotels and a house. And uh, <laughs> it might be a water park, though. I mean, they are up yeah. in the snow. I mean, that might be interesting. Um, get, get some tourism going. <laughs> and uh, Jericho's host body, the body that he's inhabited, starts to wake up at this point. All right, so the jig is up now, and Nightwing and Jericho unleash on the crowd. Uh, Jericho's just sort of zapping into people left and right, takes out a guy with a gun, takes out a guy over there you know people are like whoa someone's controlling my body what's going on <laughs> dick's just punching you know, you know that's what he's that's what he's good about sure. uh eventually after a bunch or after pretty protracted but pretty well drawn uh scenes of fighting they blast through a wall to meet slade face to face plus i guess just to keep going on to rescue the princess you know what i mean they kind of have to move along in this thing i yes. love the panel here too there's a there's a great sound effect it's Skurblamo! It's like uh, you know, it really brings you back. That sometimes the <laughs> the sound effects could be the you know fifth character of the story or something like that. Um, they bump into Terra on the way. She's smoking a cigarette, of course, like a, yes. the bad girl that she is, and she just knocks them both out with a uh, rock tornado, sort of after talking a lot of trash. Uh, yep. Then Deathstroke is, I guess, he seems like he's in a bedroom somewhere. Does he live? Does he have like a room at Hive? It's really kind of strange. He's got a standing suite. You know? I guess so. You know, when he's in town, he can, uh, you know, stay over. Uh, he's still looking at his uh, his mask wistfully, thinking about how he kind of wants to quit the racket, might move to Southeast Asia. Those are good times, you know. It was nice. Then uh, there's, there's a secretary over the PA says, uh, you know, Deathstroke, Deathstroke, would you please come to the main room, Deathstroke? And uh, he has to take off. He... he uh, the guy from Hive shows off that they've captured Nightwing, that, you know, he, uh, Terra knocked him out, and they've got him strapped to a couple of things being wheeled over. He calls it now the Wheel of Power. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it changed names. It's sort of like the Wheel of Fortune, but it's like... So the, you can copyright it. I guess so, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's Frankly, it's a lot better name than the Enervator. If you ask me, <laughs> I think you should stay with the Wheel of Power. But yeah, it's like, hey, what, what, what do you do when you enervate something? <laughs> it doesn't, that word doesn't really make any sense. It is, is it like you an, get arrested for is that. Is there an elevating aspect to it? We, <laughs> we, we'll, we'll never really find out. Uh, they wheel out Nick when Nightwing, he's sort of strapped to a thing, obviously ready just to plug and play, right on the right on the innovator, you know, it's been very well designed. Uh, everyone's shocked, Corey is like, you know, she calls out to Zal, uh, and says, uh, says his real name, actually, doesn't she? She yeah. says Dick, yeah, yeah. She, it's like, oh, good job, asshole. But I guess she doesn't know that he's Nightwing, in a way, like, he's. this is the first time everyone's seeing his yeah. costume, so maybe she didn't know what to call him. A little uh, bit of gog. And, and and Hive tells Deathstroke and Terra, okay, you can leave now, you know. Beat it. Uh, they, thanks for all your help. Get, you can leave. And Deathstroke's like, I want I want the money you were gonna give my son, you know, for the for the contract. And they tell him, and I remember this too from that that the payment was for the powers they gave him that eventually were his undoing. Yep. Uh, and you know, and what's cool, Slate is cool with that. He's like, ah, well, he doesn't really need yep. the money. You know what I mean? He was just sort of like. 
trying just to fulfill the contract on both ends. Uh, and then again, the guys from Hive are like, "Okay, have a nice day. Thank you. Come again. You know, we, <laughs> we our business is concluded now. Please, yeah. please be going now." And uh, yeah. And all would be well and good, except uh, they wheel out the other Titan, maybe. That's Joseph. right, the Titan to be. Yeah, and Deathstroke is stunned, and uh, Terra makes the connection right away. She's like, "Hey, that's the kid in the picture you always swoon over." That's right. Deathstroke looks at him with his one eye, and uh, it's contact time. Yep. <laughs> Jericho pops into Deathstroke's body and uh, starts knocks Terra aside and frees the Titans with a blast from his little boomstick. And uh, it's on. Titans together, Avengers assemble, all that stuff. Yep. Um, now, Terra, she thinks that Slade has betrayed her. You know, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's After all this, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, you know, it's like you, you're <laughs> mad that he betrayed you, and you've been playing, you know, the Titans this whole time, you asshole. <laughs> like, what an asshole. And this is the interesting part. She shows that she she acts like she's hurt emotionally. Yeah. She actually says, "I loved him." It's like, yeah, what, are you, what are you he, talking about? He was good. He was good to me. He loved me. It's like, huh? It's, it really <laughs> is a strange choice here. You know, I really wonder it what is. the full uh, breadth of it, it, it implies. But yeah, it's, she's, sure, she's, she's sure. genuinely hurt here. Yeah, and she starts she starts fighting Deathstroke, and and he's he's telling her because I guess Jericho didn't take over his vocal cords. He's saying, well, no, you hey, got you got to be vocal. unconscious." Oh, is that remember, so? Yeah. So, okay, because so I don't remember him taking over very many people's vocal cords. He didn't use it a lot. No, it's a, yeah. it didn't really come up too much. But, yeah, I guess if they were unconscious, he could take over he could them. But he would have their voice. Okay, but when he's awake, when he's awake, he, he could just do the body. Yeah. Because yeah, when he did that the first time, I'm like, he could do that? It's like I've read this a million times. I didn't remember that he could do that. <laughs> uh, now, uh, he's, the, the, you know, Deathstroke is pleading with her. Hey, I'm, I'm not doing this on my own. And... Uh, you have Starfire who's there. Doesn't understand a thing. <laughs> the whole time she's like, "Why is Terra bad? What's going? What? Why? Who are we fighting? Yeah, well, is Hive? Is Hive? What are they doing? Why does Dick have a new costume? She's so confused. It's hilarious. <laughs> who's that curly-haired? What? <laughs> yeah, so who's the new guy? What's happening around here? <laughs> and uh, you know, in the battle here, uh, Slade gets knocked into a chasm that uh, he's only being held up by that boomstick he carries around. It's yep. it's kind of bridging the gap and he's holding on to it and uh, Jericho he, he evacuates the body and he lets Slade he, he helps Slade out and uh, now you know Terra the, the, the evidence is there that Slade was not acting of his own will and she's like screw it I'm going to kill you anyway yeah I don't care <laughs> if you, that could even happen you know it's like yes. what the hell's wrong with you lady <laughs> and uh, Changeling you know our 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 puppy love uh, young man here. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he takes this as thinking, oh, she's finally come around. She's one of us now. <laughs> Crazy. It's like, dude, like, what? What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> some, you know, some, what is that? What is that thing they say when people are given the evidence of something they, uh, something contrary to what they believe, it only emboldens their. So, sometimes their it seems that way. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah, it reinforces his his disbelief that she yes. can be evil despite. <laughs> Massively overwhelming, you know what I mean, evidence to the contrary. But uh, I guess that's just 
the kind of uh, you know good natured fella he is. He is. He wants to see the best, especially in the in the cute little blonde here. Um, we have a couple of quotes here. Terry goes, "You stupid moron! I've never been with you. I've hated you." <laughs> and he's a hateable guy, so I understand. Oh, um, poor Logan. Oh, he's he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> and she she continues, uh, "Want to know why I hate you? You try and make everyone love you, where they should, but they should fear us, Logan. They should fear and hate us." <laughs> and it, <laughs> they didn't want to be the X-Men. Wow. Uh, Logan comes back with, Terra, don't say that. We've been friends for almost a year. We've been teammates. And Terra, <laughs> creep, we've been nothing. It's <laughs> an act. It's like, I got to tattoo this on you. It's every part of it, especially the kiss. Especially that kiss, Logan. That was the biggest act of all. It made me want to gag kissing you, Logan. Do you like knowing that, Logan? It's like, wow, that almost takes you back to being in junior high again, you know? Yeah. Just like the the pain, the heart-wrenching pain of being told off like that. It's it's like visceral. It's, <laughs> oh, it's... And then she, she, you know, she loses she loses it. She completely freaks out. She she doesn't know which way is up. She just starts... The, the whole building is full of rock. Yeah. And uh, she winds up under it. That's and it, she... Yeah. She dies. She passes away. Uh, they find her body, and yeah, you know, we fade out with Logan holding her body, or right. at least sitting next to it. Yeah. Um, we have ourselves a little bit of an epilogue, where Terra she's buried with a with a lot of heroes in attendance. It's uh, the outside is the Titans. Batman is there. Yep. Um, her brother Geoforce is there, and uh, they uh, the Titans they don't want to tell her brother. That she died a villain. That's right. Yeah. So they kind of play up this act. They go, oh, she died in battle with the Terminator. She was acting heroically, and and it was just a you know one of those things. Yeah. He he says a few words uh, about not very, having very known shallow. her very well. Yeah. Sort of shallow, but yeah, he says that he he loved her as as because she was his sister. Yeah. They had the same father, right? So, yeah. Yes. That's right. Different mothers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they 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 actually have a headstone for her that calls her a Teen Titan and. I guess she was, technically. Yeah. But, she, but she had her while she up. was a teen titan, she was a double agent. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's like, you know, having like a secret spy as like your employee of the month in the CIA. Be like, well, you know, he worked for the KGB, but he did a great job while he was here. There you go. He, he was the, the trains always ran on time. It's good. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, we find everything gets wrapped up with uh, Jericho shedding a tear from afar. Yeah. And, uh, his mother says he'll do fine with them. And so, he will. And he will. He does. He joins up with the Titans after this and becomes a pretty important character, as I remember. Right around now <laughs> is sort of when I started paying a little bit of attention to it. Uh, and I remember him looming. And I remember thinking he looked real funny with his buttery popcorn hair. <laughs> and <laughs> mutton chops is out of place with weird chops. mutton chops. It was just like, <laughs> well, this doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would have those, but okay. Thinking about Terry here, we have some quotes from the creators. We got uh, George Perez. He goes... From the very start, this girl was going to be a traitor, and we were going to kill this character off. So they knew from the start that she's she's a goner, yeah. she's going to be bad. They played a long con here, folks, but they, they, should, they had their ideas already. I, I kind of wish I was old enough to fall for it. <laughs> um, I, I wanted her to be cute, but not beautiful. She looked like a young girl. I gave her a substantial overbite. Her eyes were wide. Her body was slim. She wasn't particularly busty. I wanted her to look almost elven. So that when you see her for the first time wearing full makeup and dressed in a provocative outfit, where you where you know she's just been in bed with Deathstroke, that's that does jab at you a bit. Whoa, good God, this little girl's a slut. Whoa, all right. <laughs> Excellent. 
<laughs> that's that's all Perez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he also says, uh, I deliberately used all the things to make her as likable and cute as possible. So people would never believe we were going to kill a 16-year-old. And she was a 16-year-old sociopath. She was one of our cleverest gimmicks. We deliberately created her in order to lead everyone astray. Yeah. Marv Wolfman goes on to say, George and I knew exactly where it was going. She was set up specifically to make the readers think that we were doing a Kitty Pride story. Uh, that's from the X-Men. Uh, and suddenly switch it on them when it was revealed she was a traitor. Uh, he goes on to say, the only mistake I think I made with him ha- is having Deathstroke have a physical relationship with the 16-year-old Tara Markov. That was wrong. George and I wanted a Titan to betray the others. We also wanted to play against every reader conception of who characters are. George and I knew her whole story before we began and knew she would die. We set the story up with her trying to destroy the Statue of Liberty to show she was a bad girl, but we knew if George drew her as a cute kid, everyone would simply assume she would be turned from the dark side because that's the way it was always done, which is why that wouldn't be the way we did it. Tara was insane and stayed that way right until the moment she died. I, like, like I've said a few times here, I've read this a ton of times, and every time I read it, I think she's going to come around. Yeah, I mean, that's the formula. You know what I mean? That's that's what would typically yep. happen. You know, we start as a villain, but you, you get won over by the goodness. Uh, in a lettuce column a couple issues later, he says, uh, this is Marv Wolfman still, he says, to the literally hundreds of you who begged us to bring her back, we can't. This death is not reversible. To those of you who understood her death, or at least accepted it, thank you for your comments. A little over two years ago, George and I worked out the full terror storyline, including the finale. We'd been working towards that story all the time, trying to make certain that we didn't, in the meantime, fall so in love with our character that we decided to reverse her ultimate fate. It was hard, almost impossible, not to care for Terra, even though we knew how evil she was. Sometimes, just sometimes, mind you, certain characters take on a life and existence of their own despite anything you do. Terror was one of those characters. But of course, she was also a comic book character, which means that there was no possible way they would ever let her die, ever. <laughs> no matter what. And we did revisit Terra a few times, and we're going to talk about times. some of those right now. Terra number two was a young Stratton girl with the original Terra's DNA. She came back in time with the rest of the Team Titans, uh, T E A M. That's one of Chris's favorite runs. Oh, I love it. As you can tell from his uh, snucking and snorting over there. Uh, That was uh, New Titans 79, uh, 1991. Uh, That that Terra proved herself as a hero, sort of, I guess, uh, you know... Yeah, she was name. afraid that yeah. Yeah, she was afraid that she was going to go down the same path. That she was going to have the same genetic craziness, but she ended yeah. up being a hero. Uh, she was killed in 2007's World War Three. Hell is for heroes. When the Black Adam punched her in the gut. Through oh, the gut. We love right through the gut. Just busted it. Busted <laughs> right through. You know, from the front to the back. We love those 21st century comics, folks. <laughs> Nothing we like to see more than a girl punched through her stomach. Yeah, Sarah, you can see the fist on the other end. Terra number three was another Stratton girl. Strata is an underworld, by the way, in DC. It's sort of a, uh, I don't know what to call it, a, a, a different underworld society of different creatures and humanoids. Where the Mole Man would live, I guess. Sort of. Where Marvel's <laughs> Mole Man would live, we have a whole like, different culture down there in DC. Uh, she was called Atli, and she was destined to be its protector. Her first appearance was Supergirl number 12, 2007, and she showed up in the recent Stargirl series by Palmiotti and Connor. Uh, sort of tacked on there, we'll see why, you know, Palmiotti and Connor brought her back again because they did write for her 
uh, earlier. And Terror number four was in Ravagers number one, July 2012, New 52. She was again Terror Markov, but we are never going to talk about that again because who never, gives a ever. shit? <laughs> Not me. Nope. Uh, we got some retcons here. Uh, the Terror miniseries that you mentioned that uh, was uh, Palmiati, uh, uh, Gray, and Kana uh, deal. It was in 2008. Yeah. Now, they... Uh, they tried to claim that the original Terror was driven insane by exposure to something called Quixium, which is the same substance that granted her the, her you know her Earth powers basically. Um, another one just uh, the same year. In, I mean, uh, I mean what, hold on, that's I mean that's a big retcon because in the oh, originally she's a mutant, so she's born right with these powers. Is I the don't idea. recall that they that they actually said. Actually, you know, I think they, they do said, use the word mutant. I, I noticed that. That's uh, Jericho. Jericho's a mutant. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Jericho's a mutant, but uh, I don't remember. And I know I just read the issue where they explained it. How, how did <laughs> but, Geo, how does Geoforce get his powers? He was put in a machine. Huh. In uh, in Markovia. That was All in right. Batman the Outside is number one. All right. Um, the same year, we have another retcon in uh, DC Universe Last Will and Testament by Brad Meltzer. And I guess Brad Meltzer... They can't say no to him, so he can do whatever he wants. Uh, we can't look at the Dibneys the same because of him. Um, now, Deathstroke, this, oh, I hate this. God, I hate this. Deathstroke claims that he gave Tara a serum that caused her insanity. It's the yeah. same serum that was given to uh, Cassandra Kane, who was Batgirl for a while. I think she's orphan now. Yeah, Is that... they, they changed her. She's orphan. Yeah, and also Rose Wilson, who was the second Ravager. Another, it was Deathstroke's daughter, basically. I hate that. It changes the entire everything. nature of the It changes everything, you know. So, I mean, essentially it means that Deathstroke not only doped her up to make her insane, but also then kept her around, you know, yeah. tr- traded physical, you know, favors for her loyalty. For her goods it, and services, yeah. It, it, it turns him into much more of a pure villain instead of what Marv Wolfman... More complex. Yeah, much more complex and much more business-minded. You know, he was about getting yeah. the job done. You know, he even seemed somewhat conflicted about using Terra. He did. In, in the not... Teen Titans run, but, you know, he was still going to do whatever he had to to get the job done. He was a means done. to an end. Yeah, he, yeah. Wasn't, uh, he wasn't shy. He didn't stop. <laughs> but, yeah, but both of the, both these take they take the complete wind out of the Judas contract. They do, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, I heard someone else say that, you know, sometimes someone is just no good, and that's Terra. She's a bad person. Mm-hmm. And now we find out, oh, no, mind control. She was really, she was cool. It was a mind control. As she says that herself, you know, when Gar Logan's like, you know, saying, you know. you Yeah, you're being controlled. Being controlled. She's like, no, nope. I don't need a reason. I'm just nope. bad. I'm mad. You know what I mean? I, yep. I hate the world. That's it. I'm not a good person. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the Quixium explanation is dumped pretty quick for uh, Brad Meltzer's version because he's Brad Meltzer. <laughs> and, uh yeah, and this not only ruins the uh, the I don't I don't want to say ruins, but ruins the Judas contract. It also really hurts that uh, that issue that I like so much in in number fifty five, because Deathstroke says you know she she was crazy. Yeah. She she was so she was so crazy that she scared him. I mean, there's a scene where the two of them spar to make sure that neither of them are going soft. Terra beats the Terminator without even moving. Yeah, I know. She's able to like yeah. swallow him up in Earth, she, basically. Yeah, you know? she's there. She's there smoking a cigarette. And and, and, and he, he says many times, you know, that she's unpredictable. He does, you know, doesn't really trust her that much. She's the confounding variable in the entire thing. Yeah, so they really screwed that up. And you know, the, I haven't read the brand new Deathstroke uh, Jim. Me either. 
Jim Werner on the main podcast has read it, and I believe he's actually talking about it uh, this episode. I be- How about I believe. that? Um, he said it was weird, which is not necessarily bad, as we know, in hmm. comics. So I, uh, I reserve everything. But Deathstroke's a character, you know, there's been good instances and bad instances of him since this time. But to me, uh, this Deathstroke was put to bed during this run, you know, yeah. and uh, never really, I don't need to really think it's the same guy. But maybe you feel differently. Uh, maybe you are a huge modern Deathstroke supporter and you want to tell me where to stick it. Or you want to tell <laughs> us, uh, you know, what we got wrong. Or you want to give us a suggestion for yes. a future issue to read on the Cosmic Treadmill. You should email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. And you definitely, this is the week you have to go to Chris's on infiniteearth.blogspot.com because he did review all of these comics we've talked about this, not all of them, all, all the ones in the Judas contract. I uh, did all the lead up to it. I moved oh, you into did. Titan's Tower this week. Wow, you, 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 went to bit, you went to work. So if you really <laughs> want to uh, do the extra credit assignment on this, you got to go to his blog, read it. I, is Monday going to be the uh, part four? Is that when you're dropping it? Is. It is. Yep. So part four will be the conclusion. You can read along as you listen to this, and you'll be done with the comic way before you're done with this segment. So you just keep listening, keep reading. <laughs> Go back to the beginning, keep reading until you're done. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think that'll do it for this week. You got anything else for him, Chris? Um, just they uh, they announced in uh, San Diego that they're going to be doing an animated version of this. Uh, That's right. I don't have a whole lot of faith in it, but who knows? <laughs> It'll be interesting. I believe I believe Bruce Tim is producing it, which usually is somewhat good sign, but it's not always. You know, he's we gotta we gotta we gotta send him some messages telling him that Deathstroke did not make her crazy. Yeah, please don't <laughs> do not do that. Oh God, I'd hate I'd hate to see that become part of yeah. like animated canon. The, the lexicon, yeah. That's not how they did it in the rather cartoon, right? That's not no. She was just I, I don't remember. I don't how they I don't it believe tonight. it was. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, well, you know, if there's anything interesting to say about that when the movie, when the animated movie comes out, we will say it. But otherwise, we're gonna leave you with that and tell you to stay on the treadmill cosmically. See you.